Welcome to the Dr. Rebecca Baxt podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Baxt, board-certified dermatologist, and I'm here to discuss with you all issues relating to the skin that you're in. In this podcast, we will tackle the topic of the day quickly to get you the take-home points that you need. After listening to an episode, you should be educated and well-prepared to ask the right questions at your next dermatology appointment. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about hyperpigmentation. First, I want to define hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation is the darkening of the skin beyond its usual color. It bothers people a lot on their faces, but it can happen really anywhere on the body. Melasma is a type of hyperpigmentation, but not all hyperpigmentation is called melasma. Melasma is typically patchy, darker skin, usually on the face. It is often associated with pregnancy or hormonal treatments such as birth control pills, but I have seen it in both men and women. It can affect anybody, and we really don't know what causes it, although it is more common in women. Hyperpigmentation, just generally speaking, is always made worse by the sun. Anything that is darker is going to be made darker by sun exposure. Nobody really knows 100% what causes various hyperpigmentation types, but it can happen from many things, such as melasma, which I just mentioned, or it can be just regular old sun damage, which the fancy term for that are lentigos or freckles. Um, It can be also post-inflammatory, so after any kind of sort of trauma to the skin, such as a scrape or a scar or an acne breakout, you can also get hyperpigmentation. We really treat hyperpigmentation similarly, almost irrespective of what is causing it, so I just want to go over it all together, and we can discuss the best ways to treat it. So how do we treat hyperpigmentation? The number one way to combat hyperpigmentation is by sun avoidance. So sunscreen is really number one. I recommend an SPF of at least a 30. Sunscreen only lasts about an hour or two, so reapplication is mandatory. Some people like to use a powder sunblock for reapplication, particularly women who wear makeup, but you can just reapply the regular sunblock. My favorite sunblock ingredient is zinc oxide, but really sunscreen, SPF 30 or above of any type will work. In addition to sunscreen, we really wanna keep the skin that has the hyperpigmentation out of the sun. So if it's your face, a hat can be really useful. A lot of people like to wear baseball caps and that can help shield the upper face, but it really does not do anything for the lower face or the neck. So a hat with a brim is better. Uh, Bucket hats can be better. Um, but any hat will help. It just is a matter of how much it's going to help. Also clothing. So a lot of people like to wear tank tops with low necks. That is going to really allow a lot of sun to the shoulders and the chest. Um, So I just recommend sort of, you know, more coverage in terms of clothing will help protect the skin so that you don't get as much sun. Sitting in the shade is helpful, although just because you're in the shade does not mean that you don't need sunblock. It's not a blacked out room, so there are still rays that are getting to you. It's just a little bit less intense than if you're in the direct sunlight. So sunscreen, reapplication, hats, uh, sunglasses, clothing, and sitting in the shade. After that, 
It's really a question of what creams can we apply to try to help fade the hyperpigmentation. And there are a lot that are available over the counter, so I wanted to go over those first. So there are over-the-counter retinoids such as Differin or Retinol, and you can buy those. They can make you a little bit more sensitive to the sun, so it's important to use your sunblock. Um, they can make you a little sensitive to facial waxing. You don't want to use them if you're pregnant, but those creams can help fade hyperpigmentation and they're available over the counter. There's also azelaic acid, which you can find over the counter. It's a little bit harder to find sometimes than differin or retinol, but azelaic acid in a prescription strength is FDA approved to treat rosacea, but we use it for acne and we also use it for hyperpigmentation. It helps reduce pigmentation as well. It's nice because it does not make you sensitive to the sun. So you can also look for an azelaic acid cream. Then there's also glycolic acid. Glycolic acid is an over-the-counter product. Um, sometimes it's hard to find, but glycolic acid will help fade pigmentation. Similar to retinoids, it can make you a little sensitive to the sun and facial waxing, so you have to be careful uh, using it. Sunscreen is mandatory. There's another chemical called hydroquinone, which used to be over-the-counter. I believe the FDA pulled it. It is now only available by prescription. That can help fade patches, but that requires a prescription. A Retin-A, which is a prescription strength retinoid, requires a prescription, but there is different and, like I said, retinol over-the-counter. And then there's another chemical called cystamine, which comes in an over-the-counter product called Cispera, which is newer to the United States market in the last few years, and it's like a mask. You put it on for about 15 minutes and then wash it off, and it's for sale in the strongest form in a lot of doctor's offices. You can get a weaker form probably online. It's going to be hard to find that in stores, but Cispera is also very helpful for reducing hyperpigmentation. So after the creams and sun avoidance and sunblock, then we come to treatments for hyperpigmentation. My favorite treatment for hyperpigmentation are chemical peels. And there are many different types of chemical peels. There is not just one best type. There's trichloracetic acid, glycolic acid, many different acids that work for peels. It would typically be more than one peel. We would do a series of sort of low to medium strength peels to help reduce hyperpigmentation. Although there are some peels where you can do sort of one bigger peel that has more downtime, that is also possible depending on what the cause of the hyperpigmentation is. When the hyperpigmentation is really from melasma, we have to be very careful because we do not want to irritate the skin and make it worse. If the hyperpigmentation is more from, you know, an old acne breakout or old sun damage, we can be a little bit more aggressive in treating it because we don't typically tend to make those types of hyperpigmented patches worse with aggressive chemical peel. So chemical peels are number one. And then there's lasers. And there are just so many different lasers that work for reducing hyperpigmentation. Again, there is no one best one. In my office, I have the Fraxel dual laser. So that has two different wavelengths and both are used to help reduce hyperpigmentation. I also have clear and brilliant laser, which I call a baby Fraxel or light and bright. It's sort of made by the same company that makes the brand name Fraxel, but a lower power. That can help particularly for melasma patients when we don't wanna do something that aggressive because we don't wanna make them worse. 
for specific spots, if somebody just has sun damage spots, brown spots, they don't like them and they just wanna make those go away, there's many different lasers that we can use for that. In my office, I have the Gentle Max Pro, which has settings for that. I have the V-Beam Perfecta, which has settings for brown spots. There are many different lasers that will work for that. Pico lasers can work for that. And we can do whole body areas, like a whole face or just a few spots. If the doctor doesn't have lasers, we also find that cryotherapy works well for individual brown spots. Again, not for melasma or large patches, but if somebody just has a lot of sunspots, we can freeze them with cryotherapy, just irritate them, and they will typically fade. Any of these things, chemical peels, lasers, cryotherapy, are going to typically take more than one treatment. They have some downtime. The peels can obviously make you peely and dry. Depending on the depth of the peel, there can be some redness and, and real downtime of a week or longer. The lasers can also make you red, make you swollen, make some of the areas dark and crusty. Cryotherapy is gonna make them a little dark and crusty. So there's many different ways to treat hyperpigmentation. There's many different price points for these different things. Really, there's a lot of effective treatments to try to reduce hyperpigmentation. But if you cannot keep the skin out of the sun, I say it's really not worth the time and the effort to try to make it better because it's all just gonna come roaring back. So in summary, hyperpigmentation comes in many varieties. It can be from melasma, it can be post-inflammatory after an acne breakout or trauma to the skin. And the most important thing about treating hyperpigmentation is keeping it out of the sun, which can be done with sun avoidance, sunscreen, hats, clothing, etc. In terms of treatment, there are many different creams that work, retinoids, azelaic acid, glycolic acid, hydroquinone, suspera, to name the major ones that work well. And there's also a lot of treatments that work to treat hyperpigmentation, namely chemical peels, lasers, and sometimes cryotherapy. So hyperpigmentation is really treatable. It's really, there's so many different ways to treat it. And if you or a friend or a family member are suffering with a bad case of hyperpigmentation, regardless of the cause, I would recommend getting to a good board certified dermatologist who is familiar with all of these different treatment protocols and can help make it better. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Dr. Rebecca Bax podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Baxt, board-certified dermatologist. I hope this episode was informative about the skin that you're in and that you enjoyed listening. If you found this podcast useful, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It helps others find us so we can help them too. Just a caveat to remember, this is not medical advice, and please see your dermatologist or doctor for questions pertaining to your specific situation. I look forward to talking to you again in the next episode.